Hello, amazing parents and caretakers, and welcome to the Pumped Up Parenting Podcast. I'm your family empowerment coach, Celia Kibler. I'm a mom of a blended family of five kids. I'm a grandma of nine kids, an author, a teacher, a speaker, and a consultant with over 40 years of training and real-life parenting experience. I'm here to offer you practical, doable tips, strategies, and techniques that will pump up your parenting skills and create peace, love, and laughter throughout your family. In addition, I'll be interviewing some great humans that are on a mission to make your life a better, happier, and healthier life. So let's not waste any time and get started with the next episode of the Pumped Up Parenting Podcast. Thanks for listening. Hey, everyone, and thank you for joining us for another great episode of the Pumped Up Parenting Podcast. I'm super excited again. You know, I'm always excited when I have these podcasts, but I'm really, really, really excited because my good, good friend, Wendy Olog is here. She is the founder of the intentionalparentacademy.com and she's an amazing coach and advisor and teacher and speaker. And she is straight here from Nigeria. I love this woman. I love what she's doing and impacting the world of parents, making a huge impact, not only in Nigeria, but all over the world. We're coming up on her intentional parent conference. I hope I said that right, but she can clarify and tell you when that is, because I hope you all will join us. It's free. I will be one of the speakers. She, of course, is there to speak to everyone with her genius and her wisdom. And I'm excited to have her join me today to talk about pornography, sex, how it affects your kids, because this is a topic that so many parents worry about, but they really don't know what to do about it. So Wendy, welcome to the Mm. Parenting Podcast. Thank you so much, Celia. I'm so excited to be here. (laughs) I love having you. Thank you for having me. Oh my gosh. I'm so so (laughs) grateful that you're joining me and I'm always grateful for our time spent together. And uh, exciting Thank news, you. we're going to see each other soon. So yay, like alive and in person and not through yeah. glass. I'm, I'm excited about yes, that. Yes, 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 yes. I'm, I'm, look, I'm looking forward to it as well. <laughs> so, so Wendy, you have this huge following um, in Nigeria and, you know, all over. And I would love you to tell our listeners just a little about you and how you became... Uh, on this journey to really help parents become more intentional? So interestingly, um, uh, like Sia said, I'm I'm Wendy Ologe and um, I work with parents. When when I'm asked this question many of the time, Celia, I I keep, you know, I I try to, you know, get back to where it all started. I realized at some point that, um, so at the beginning, I thought that, oh, I could just parent on my own, do things the way I like or the way I have learned, which is usually the, the first thing that comes to your head when you become a parent. Um, fortunately for me, um, we, we started fostering a child before the twins were born. I'm a mom of twin children, 11 year olds, a boy and a girl. And then we have a foster daughter that we started parenting before the twins came. I realized that we failed as in it was a total struggle. 
I saw myself struggling every day with this child of ours. You know, fostering a child was one thing. And then not knowing what to do again was even another thing. So it was just frustrating to say the least. Um, at some point, I knew that there was something missing. Incidentally, unfortunately, fortunately, there were not too many resources in Africa to actually look at. And, you know, of course, I had to go look for resources online and all of that. I realized that it was a missing link. A missing link was knowledge between what we were told and the thing that we're doing. So we just wake up, then we assume that we know, and then we start to parent. Nobody tells you that you need to actually learn something. I usually make um, some fun and I say the things that we were told um, that were not true when we were growing up, you know. And whenever, when the children begin to come, that's when you now begin to see the flaws from your own parenting. And then you now begin to ask questions. Um, for instance, I saw myself yelling. I, I, I hated my father yelling at me. Yet when I parent, I saw myself become a yeller. And I wondered, what exactly is happening here? So I knew that I needed to actually unlearn something, rewire some neuron, and go on a journey, you know, again. And I went on that journey personally myself to find me and to be able to parent, you know, better. But I found out on my journey that it wasn't just about me, that there were several parents out there who needed to actually also learn and understand what, what was happening. And um, in 2018, I started a community called the Intentional Parent on Facebook. And that's how the academy was born. And today we're almost 100,000 in that community. And, you know, you know, reaching people, reaching um, parents all over. Because I'm of the opinion that if a lot of us know some of those things, we wouldn't make the same mistakes that, that everybody is also making. Absolutely. You know, I always find it so interesting that, you know, people spend a fortune learning and learning, you know, mm -hmm. going to college and gaining a profession and, and building their career and learning and learning and learning everything. But mm -hmm. what they don't feel like it's necessary to learn is the raising of a child into an adult, which is only mm -hmm. the most important job Ever. The most important thing you can do is raise a confident, happy, compassionate adult. That's what we're mm. doing. That's why my tagline in Pumped Up Parenting is because we're raising adults, not children. And if you can't yeah. be intentional about that, if you can't learn about that, you're, you're selling yourself short and you're selling your child short. So, you know, mm. it's, it's amazing this whole stigma of, well, you know, everybody knows how to parent. I had a baby and now I'm going to parent that baby. And that's it. they assume that it's good. And then all these people get yelled at, as you, you and I know, that's horribly abusive to children. You know, that's why I'm on a mission to stop a million parents from yelling at their kids. And you're on the same mission to start creating cooperative, happy, productive you know, family environment. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I want to talk to you about um, your, your advice on pornography and sex, because this is a huge part of the world now, even more prevalent mm -hmm. 
than when you were younger and a lot more prevalent than I was younger because, of course, I'm older than you. But, you know, I mean, sex for us or pornography, I should say, for us when we were younger was like finding a Playboy magazine, which <laughs> in reality, compared to what's real out there, is nothing, you know, is nothing. And, um, but uh, you know, I, I remember there'd be a time where we'd find one and we'd be like, oh, what is this? You know, naked people, Woo we get to see naked people. <laughs> and um, now the scary thing is, is it's everywhere. And there is mm. pornography everywhere and kids can be simply watching YouTube and things pop in and they don't know what it is and they look at it. And in my opinion, it's also, since it's so prevalent for teens and younger children to see pornography, it is warping their view of what relationship sex, love, making love, all of that, that compassion, that that bond that, you know, yes, I can find somebody for life. It is warping that because they're mm. seeing this whole sex thing as kind of a violent, aggressive, unemotional act. So can you talk about that for a little bit? <laughs> um, you know, Celia, you, you started on um, an interesting point that a lot of people um, do not agree with. Interestingly, when I say to people that the children, the children um, raising raising children in this time is difficult to be a child in this in this time, people say, "Oh, what do you mean? It's the same thing." I, I actually look at it as us not being culturally intelligent. Now, cultural intelligence means that we are not we have not been able to separate what happened in our world and what is happening in their world today. So, I, I usually would ask parents, "I don't know what." What other pornography you saw apart from magazines? I saw magazines. You know, there were there were no readily available pornography to us. And if there were readily available pornography, we would assess them. So these children are assessing them because they are readily available. And unfortunately, until we agree as parents that these things are even there. That's, that's how we can solve it. You can't fight a war you don't know about. So you need to even understand what we are struggling with. What is the statistic? In fact, it says that um, one out of, I think every five child between the ages of eight to 10 or so, stumbles on a pornography material online and their parents are never aware of it. Now, if you're not even aware that your children stumble on pornography you know, materials, how do you protect the mind of the child? So the, the, this awareness is, is something that, you know, Celia needs to even um, go really viral because many parents do not understand what, they don't even understand that their children are watching sex. Exactly. exactly. I you know there's some crazy, some crazy statistics. 28,258 users watch pornography every second. It's not minutes and days, every second. $3,000 approximately is spent on porn every second. 88% of scenes in porn films contain acts of physical aggression and 49% contain acts of verbal aggression. It's, you know, it's, 
the 80, not, uh, wait, 90% of teens and 96% of young adults are either encouraging, accepting, or neutral when they talk about porn with their friends. Like it's just okay. So if it's just okay, that means they're seeing it. They're watching it. It's there. You know, it's, it's a huge problem and it's really out there. And, you know, we have to, as parents, realize that this is a threat to our children. And they are going to see it, they are going to find it, and their little underdeveloped brains, yeah, I always talk about how the human brain doesn't develop till we're 25. Yeah. Our little underdeveloped brains, they really are affected by this, that rush of dopamine, it's like a 200% rush of dopamine, which is, which is equal to like taking heroin or morphine and Mm -hmm. the frontal lobe of a child is not developed. And that's where we get our, you know, let's understand this. Let's think about the future. What are our consequences? That's not there. So what it causes a lot in our children is the addiction to see more and more and more of it because they can't logically look at it because Mm. their brains are not prepared for that. So true. So true. And, um, you know, many of the times, many of the times we are not now because there's a gap in knowledge. Um, some parents will tell you things like, hey, this stumble on pornography. And so because we do not understand the effect that stumbling on pornography has on a child, even an adult, Celia, I was teaching a group of parents recently and I told them that, do you know that the brain for the brain, you can't press delete from the brain. The brain absorbs something, it just stays there. So even for adults, when you see pornography, it stays in your brain. Think about it and think about what that can do to a child who is not ready to place logic, put it all together. So I, 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 I think that, first of all, parents need to understand the risk factors of pornography, the risk factors of, you know, the exposure, what and what should they know and how they can even begin to help their children to, you know, to get this, you know, to get on the way out of this. Yeah. And we need to know what we can do as parents. And I want to talk about that a little bit and, you know, and, and the reality is to all of you listening is that it's not like, like Wendy and I said that when we were younger, we had magazines, we have pictures they're seeing real life acts. These are people living out this pornography, this aggressive, violent, sexual behavior. They, they're seeing it live and in person. This is not a picture of a naked woman or a naked guy. This is the actual act, the violent, the destructive act that pornography portrays. And that's mm-hmm. the view children are getting of sex this is what a teenager is expecting and then and then a teenager doesn't know and he has may have his first sexual act and he's doing it according to the pornography he's watched which contains this abuse this violence and then he's surprised that his mate or her mate whoever it can be girl or boy doesn't react the same way so it's 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 so detrimental and it's it's so much it's so you know it's something that parents really need to realize is a real threat 
to our children. It is. It is. It is. And Celia, you know, part of what it is, is it, it, what even happens to a child is that apart from forming a, a false opinion of what sex should be and how sex, you know, happens and all of that, they, 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 I usually say that um, pornography takes, takes life away from a child, really, because the child begins to be a consumer of people instead of, you know, you, you begin to consume content, people, because that's what you're watching. Right, and then the, the child, the child is filled with a lot of you know distractions. There's a focus problem. There's there's just a lot that comes down with it. And then there's also um, being able to understand reality. You know, so it's 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 also um, something that parents need to understand that pornography in itself can actually make a mess of how your child's thoughts process is. Then they also begin to normalize sexual harm. You know, it's, it, it, you know, begins to normalize sexual harm, begins to see a, a lot that is not supposed to be. It promotes aggression to, towards yes. women as well. Yes. It, it also shapes negative attitude and behavior even towards women. So uh, you see them as a tool, right? As a tool instead of, you know, um, instead of a relationship and all of that. And also affect healthy, intimate relationship because you're expecting something that is not there. Because these things are not, you know, reality, really. You know, just exactly. they're, they're just a screen that we all watch and all of that. Exactly. And in you know, in you know, whenever I talk about relationships and the relationships that parents are supposed to role model for their children, so their children grow up to have healthy relationships, key factors are respect and trust in any relationship. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Both of those things are lost totally in pornography. There is no respect and it's filled with disrespect and distrust. And how can you help your children to form healthy relationships, even if you are modeling healthy relationships, mm. but they're watching almost at an obsessive, you know, point all of these relationships that are totally filled with distrust and dysfunction and abuse and violence and, you know, aggressive speech, all of that, it's all contradictory to the way we want our children to grow up and to be raised. Exactly. 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 So, you know, I know parents, the first thing they're probably thinking is, what do you say to, let's start with a younger child. Okay. What would you say to them to find out if they're seeing anything? What's a good way to ask your child, have you seen this? Have you, you know, do you, do, you know, without saying, so have you watched any people having sex on the video? <laughs> you know, what, I guess, right. I, I think the first, I think the first thing that we need to do is um, even to understand the signs, all right? Understand the signs that if a child is watching pornography, um, if it's a younger child, what you need to do is just to connect to that child. Um, when you connect to that child, you will be able to understand because for a younger child, a younger child does not have all of the understanding, or sometimes they don't even know what they are doing, really. So they're just seeing this image, it's exciting, they're just watching it, right? But for an older child, there are warning signs that you can look out for, 
First of all, you need to even look at those warning signs and then begin to now see how you can create a system that helps your child. Many times when parents, you know, get this information, the first thing they do is that they just go in and say, oh, are you seeing porn? I hope you're not seeing porn and all of that. And, but <laughs> of course that usually backfires. Now, right, they get if you have a child, exactly, exactly. Um, you know, if, if, you, if, you, if you begin to look at your child and your child is always to themselves, that could be a warning sign that your child might be viewing porn. If you get into a room, your child is on a computer and you get into that room and then you see your child quickly, you know, make a move or change something, that could be a warning sign that your child uh, might be watching porn. And sometimes it's also an unusual curiosity about sex for the age. There's always age-appropriate questions. And when the child begins to ask questions that is a bit above you know, what they should be asking, that should you know, also keep you an alert. And then um, signs of premature sexual activities. All right, The child isn't um, up to the age to even understand some things, and they're already doing them. So it shows that the child is looking at something. Then increase exactly. focus, all right, or inappropriate emails on, on the computer, you know. When you get on, you know, the computer, because of course, this works with algorithm. When a child is constantly going to a porn site, um, when they go to other sites, the algorithm will keep pushing, you know, pornography to whatever it is that they are saying. So if you use their system, or even yours, if it's linked, like you know, some families that have the, the Google link and all of that, you would know that someone is actually, um, you know, viewing, going to those um, sites. And then you could also um, see noticeable changes in behavior, like increased um, secretiveness or defensiveness. You know, when the child is constantly trying to be secretive, you know, cover up, uh, the child is constantly trying to be defensive, you know, when things happen and all of that. Those could be warning signs. However, like I said, they are just only warning signs. So when you begin to notice that all of this happens, one of the best things, Celia, that I've realized that works with children is to first connect with them before you correct them. The, the title of my book, my, my bestseller on Amazon, is called Connect to Correct. Yes. And for me, there is no connect correction that happens before connection. Absolutely. The, the first thing you need to do if you suspect that your child is watching porn is to connect with your child. Make deeper connections because the truth is the child is not ready to hear what you know except you connect with them. So when I connect with you, I can hear you. But when I can't connect with you, I can't hear you. No matter how much you think that I should hear you. So that's the first thing parents need to do, right? You know, beyond all odds and then begin to not look at do I need, is, has this gone, you know, further than usual? I also recommend um, that you reach out to professionals who can determine, is it just a one-time stumbling upon or is this an addiction? So that if it's an addiction, it needs to be worked out. You need to work it out with your team. But the first thing you need to do is to connect with them before any other thing goes. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, and, and you know, it, uh, number one, I want to say it's never too late. To connect to them. You know, I don't want you to think, you know, that you're listening to this and you're like, oh, well, my child's like 10 and we're kind of lost with each other or we're four, or they're 14 and we're kind of lost. It is never too early to start respecting, communicating, listening, recognizing their feelings. You know, yes. listening is, is 
more involved than just listening. You have to acknowledge that they have feelings and that these feelings are legitimate. And that's all part of connection, but it's not too late. Don't ever think it's too late. It's only too late if you never do it. But if you can start, you know, connecting with your child from a young age, you know, my book is about toddlers, but that doesn't mean the stuff in the book doesn't help any child of any age because it's yes. about connection. You mm -hmm. need to start connecting and respecting them. Just like we said before about respect and trust, you need to build that between your child because your child wants to be connected to you. They want to make you proud. They want to know that mm -hmm. you're the person they can come to. But if you're always judging them or criticizing them, you will lose them for life. They will never come to you. They will never come mm -hmm. to you to ask the questions of, of life that kids have questions about. And this is, of course, one of them, but there are lots of them. So you really have to open up those bridges of communication so that mm -hmm. they always feel comfortable coming to you, even when they're 40 years old. So, you know, start building that connection. Absolutely great advice. So let me ask you, um, if you feel like your child is being kind of secluded in their room a lot, you're, you're really wondering about these warning signs that you've mentioned, which are all great. Uh, if you're seeing a lot of this, what's the next step? So, you know, and you feel like, let, let's say you, you're, you don't feel well connected to your child, but all of a sudden you're really concerned because they're in their room all the time. They're being kind of jittery when you walk in and they're like, well, let's turn this computer screen off really quick, which is a great warning sign. <laughs> you know, <laughs> And they're talking about all this weird stuff that you think, how do they even know about this? And you're like, wow feeling like a bad parent, as so many of us do, how come I didn't notice? How come I haven't been able to connect to them? What advice do you have for mm -hmm. them at that point? You know, like you said, Celia, is never late to start. Um, I like the way that uh, on a long road, and, um, and no matter how far you have gone on that long road, um, except you actually turn back from that long road and begin to um, go on the right road, then it's difficult to actually um, make any headway. Can you hear me, Celia? Yes, I can hear you. It just broke up a little bit. I can hear you. Okay. So, okay. Okay. All right. So, The moment you, you see yourself having issues, um, stand up and seek help if you think that is something that you cannot deal with. Seek help. I, I don't think there's, there's um, um, a way to actually put this that, you know, uh, um, that I will be able to make, you know, emphasis and emphasis and emphasis. Seek help. Yes. Help, help that will, you know, someone that will help you reach your steps, you know, do things differently and all of that. Seek help if you do not know what to do. Please do not be ashamed to seek help. We all yes. need help at some point in our journey. 
every single one of us, every single, even um, as we're here, Celia, you know, you and I, there are times that I look at a particular area of parenting and I'm like, who are the people that have done this, you know, better than I am doing it now? You know, can I get some help? So seeking help does not mean you have failed. In fact, seeking help is the first, you know, step to your um, progress, to the fact that you are successful. So successful yes. parents seek help every time. Every and time they have issues, they are seeking help. So Absolutely. I would recommend. Yeah. In my eyes, it's a sign of courage, you know, when you seek help, not a sign of weakness. Awesome. And and I feel like if you don't know what to do and you don't reach out for help to find out better ways to work with your children to help them, you're quitting on them. You're giving up on them. There's so many parents like, oh, well, you know, they're already teenagers and you add teen teens are, you know, they do this or they do that or they're going to try drugs or they're going to, you know, look at porn and they're going to do this. But they are not adults and they need your help and they want your help. They may act like they don't want your help, but they want to know that you're their safe place. You're their security mm. because Often they come upon things like this and they get in situations like porn, like sexual situations or drug or alcohol situations that make them feel uncomfortable and they don't know mm -hmm. where to turn. So you want them to know that if they're ever feeling uncomfortable in any situation, they can come to you. And if you don't know how to make that a reality, yes. please reach out for help. You know, me, Wendy, yes. we're here. That's what we do is we're here to help you parents. So get that. Exactly. Don't be ashamed of it. Mm. Be proud that you're willing That's to all. ask a question because all. it's also what you want your children to do as they grow up. Mm. You know that it's okay to ask for help when you need help. We all need it. Exactly. Exactly. We all do need it. We all do need it. And and parenting is a huge place where, <laughs> you know, we've all gotten lost. Even, even Wendy and I, who are parent coaches, and I believe one of the best parent coaches, me and her, but we've raised children. Mm -hmm. You know, Wendy's still raising children. And, you know, my children are grown yes. and all in their 30s and raising their children. But there are struggles we've had through, mm -hmm. through the raising of our kids. There are times when we felt like a bad exactly. parent. You know, when my stepson went through mm -hmm. attempted suicide and drug use and wound up in jail. And, I, you know, if you don't think when I found him on the floor when he attempted suicide, that at that moment, I didn't feel like the worst parent on the planet. Mm. And what mm -hmm. could I have done different? And where did I go wrong? Exactly. You know, all of those thoughts amongst the tears were going through my head. Gratefully, he survived. He's doing great. You know, he's, he's almost 40 and wonderful and a dad. But we all go through those things as intentional well, we as do. you are. Oh, you're going to go exactly. through times that you're like, well, I suck at this. <laughs> What you know, Celia, when, when we talk about um, intentional parenting, parenting, parents learning how to parent and all of that, people actually think that once you learn 
it, your children are going to be, become perfect. But that's not true. That isn't true. <laughs> your children are still going to be children. They're going to make mistakes. They're going to try things. The difference will be that you will be equipped with what you need to do for time. That's the exactly. Difference. So whether the children are going to still be children, they will be children. So, 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 so it's, this is not a, I usually like to tell parents, it's not a perfection trail. It is a process. So we're not yes. saying, oh, come be perfect, the children be perfect. No, we're just saying that you could help the children you know, achieve and thrive and become better human beings. Exactly. I, you know, the important thing to remember is we're all human. Mm -hmm. We are human and your children are human. And we'll all make oh, mistakes. Yes. And a lot of our job is to help your kids understand that disappointment is not the end of the world. Mistakes are not the end of the world. Be authentic to them, relate to them. If you get into conversation about pornography or sex, you know, talk about what happened the first time you experienced pornography. Mm -hmm. What happened uh, maybe even the first time you thought about having exactly. sex with a partner. So, Be so, authentic. So, so so, you know, Celia, one of the problems we have with parenting is that we are waiting for things to happen. We're not equipping our children with the skills to deal with whatever it is that they see. So imagine that we begin to teach children how to deal with pornography when they stumble on it on, online, because you're living in denial that they won't, but they will eventually. So when they do, what should they do? That's the question. Right. right. So if you become proactive instead of reactive, then we're going to have, you know, a better system Absolutely. where we are equipping our children sort of waiting for them to make mistakes. And then we jump into it. It's something that I learned on my journey as well. It's not something I've always known. So I learned it as I'm also parenting. I wish I knew it 10, 11 years ago. There are a lot of things that I would have done better. Right. So, exactly. so equipping our children with sex conversations is very key. So if a child understands that they can learn sex first from their parent, then you wouldn't have a problem. When they stumble on pornography, you can have conversations on it with them. Exactly. And there's nothing to hide because they're going to say it. I, I, I think a lot of us just think that children are not going to see these things, but hey, they are going to say it. We live in a digital world. Right. <laughs> One of my favorite things you ever posted, Wendy, and I have borrowed it from you often because it's my one of my favorite things you've ever said. And that is, mm. God forbid, is not a parenting strategy. At all. I, I love that. I don't know if you thought of it, but it's genius because so many parents are like, God, we do it in life. God forbid this mm. God forbid mm. this happens. But you know what? If you don't become proactive instead of reactive, God forbid mm. is going to be your parenting strategy. Oh, yeah. And oh, yeah. God forbid is going to come true. Mm -hmm. So I, you know, I, I love that and I, I've used it often <laughs> and I do always credit you because <laughs> it's one of my favorite things to say. I, when, I think, when I think of it, I just it just comes from I think it comes from a place of us not wanting to take responsibility. So, yes. you know, something you just hear about something. For instance, if Celia is telling me um, about tantrum, when, the first day I heard you teach about tantrums, and I, I was like, I wish I had this when the kids were even younger. <laughs> so, you know, when, whenever I, you know, that, those, those things happen, I'm, I'm like, it, it's okay. It's easier to say, God forbid, than to say, what can I do to actually help my child? 
Exactly. So God forbid it's like the, the easy way out. Oh, God forbid it's not my portion, it's not going to happen. And, right. and then you just keep going your way. And, and I often say that parents are, are parenting on hope. Meanwhile, the world is creating strategies to do whatever it is that they need to do. Target the children. Pornography targets children because they also know that their brain you know, can actually get stuck on it and all of that. So there's just so much that we need to do as parents for our children. Absolutely. You need to take responsibility for them. You need to create boundaries and limits. Boundaries oh, yes. and limits don't make you a mean parent. They make you At a loving, all. caring parent. At all. And yeah, children feel key. the love and care when they have boundaries and limits. Exactly. And, you exactly. know, and it's so many of my clients will say, you know, that they get so frustrated because there are situations that come up and they just don't know what to do. They don't know mm. what to do. And that's what makes them start yelling or they just become totally reactive because they haven't thought ahead. Mm-hmm. So the, you know, the becoming a proactive intentional parent, that is what is key so yes. that you don't have situations that just require reacting. You know, that just that you've actually thought out, what am I going to do in this situation? In this situation. When this arises, which it will. Exactly. What am I going come. to do? It will come. I, I was telling the parents in our academy and I said, do you have a pawn plan? Because your children are going to stumble on pawn. Do you have a plan if they do? Um, it, it, when they do, because it's not just if, because exactly. they will. Exactly. It's like, it's like, you know, parents that say, oh, my, you know, I smoke, but my child aren't, isn't going to be, you know, they're not going to smoke cigarettes because Mm. I'm telling them, even though I smoke, I'm telling them how bad it is for you. Mm. Your children are going to smoke. If you smoke, they're going to smoke. You know, if you drink, they're going to drink. If you do drugs, they're going to do drugs. (laughs) Even if you're watching pornography and they see you, they're going to watch pornography. Everything you do, you give them permission to do. Exactly. That's it. That's it. That's it. So if you become proactive and you, you know, create a game plan and a system and put it in place for your family, and that's what Wendy and I do as coaches, we give you systems so that it creates a way of you learning how to communicate with your child, Mm -hmm. learning how to connect. So that when these situations come up, you're not floundering for something to do. You've already got the system in place. Very important. I, I, you know how much I love you. I love you. And um, I, I would love if you would tell our listeners how they can find you, reach out to you. Tell them, please, about our upcoming conference, your upcoming conference that I'm so grateful to be a part of. And and then we have other great things in the works that we won't talk about today. We'll talk about on another day. (laughs) (laughs) Celia, yes, it's our conference. Um, I want to say thank you, Celia. Uh, I just love, love, love uh, having conversations with you. This morning with my team, when we're talking about, uh, you know, where um, you're going to speak and all of that. And I said, oh, I'm speaking on the last day with my friend Celia, please. 
Can you please add her on the last day and that where, you know, she would speak and then I would follow to speak and, you know, <laughs> they all laughed and they said, oh, wow, interesting. I said, yes, we've done um, quite a lot together. And I just, a lot of the things we say, you know, so much resonate and I don't know how that happened. Because <laughs> we're and brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes you, you say some things, I'm like, did she get into my head or something? <laughs> We're sisters from other misters. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, you can be part of that conference. That conference is going to be in June. Um, we, are, we have so many other people that are going to be speaking from all over the world, Canada, the, the US, um, Australia, this time around, we went as far, all right? So you 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 can uh, follow us on social media, The Intentional Parents, and um, The Intentional Parents, find us on Facebook, The Intentional Parent, and once you can join our community, you can also follow me personally, where I share my journey about what I'm currently doing with my children, um, and Wendy Ologi, just put Wendy Ologi, I'm the only one in the world that answers Wendy Ologi. <laughs> you will find me all across board on social media that conference starts on the it starts in julia july on the 23rd and it ends on the 30th Sheila Sheila is going to be speaking on the 30th with me and you want to be there and um, most importantly i know that this um, podcast you know has um, been um, a blessing to many parents out there but the the, the thing is um, on our journey as parents we, we want to invest in the process Reach out to Celia, get her to uh, work, work with your family. Trust me, Celia, it's um, gonna give you what it, it is that you need on your journey. You need a process, you need an accountability system. You need someone helping you with strategies. And hey, you have, you have the, the best of the best here. Thank you so much, Celia, for having me. Oh my gosh, thank you, Wendy. That was so nice of you to say. And <laughs> I will put all the links in the description of this podcast so that you can reach out to uh, Wendy easily. You know, you don't have to, you know, search and, you know, research and do all that. You can find her books on Amazon. She has a, a slew of books. Connect to Correct is a fabulous book. Everybody should have it on their bookshelf. Mm -hmm. uh, I highly recommend it. Join the conference. The conference will be free in July. I'll have a link to that. Maybe if I have the link or I'll just link you to the yes, Facebook group and then you'll... You'll see oh, yes, the post we'll and all of that, and I'll post as well. So that will be out there as well. Uh, Wendy, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for being willing to discuss this very sensitive and difficult topic for children and share your expertise. I know you just finished a challenge helping parents with understanding their journey through pornography and sex and all of that. And I'm sure, you know, if you join her group and you um, follow her, that she does challenges throughout the year on different topics, be a part of it because you will learn so much. And I'm so grateful to call you my friend. So anyway, thank you everyone for being here. Reach out to us. All the links will be there, like I said. And as always, I wish you days filled with peace, love, tons of laughter, because it really is the best medicine. And I'll see you here next time on the Pumped Up Parenting Podcast. Bye-bye, everyone. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Pumped Up Parenting Podcast and being a part of my mission to stop a million parents from yelling at their kids. Be sure to head over to PumpedUpParenting.com and grab your free copy of the Patience Playbook. 
wishing there was a manual for your toddler? Well, great news. Now there is. Pick up your copy of Raising Happy Toddlers, How to Build Great Parenting Skills and Stop Yelling at Your Kids, plus my three new children's books at celiasbooks.com. That's celiasbooks.com. If you're loving this podcast, please feel free to share it with your friends and pay it forward. And also leave a review so I know who you are and can thank you personally. Tune in next time for more tips, advice, and strategies as you continue to pump up your parenting and create childhoods that everyone in your family can blossom from. Have yourself a really happy, fun day. Bye-bye.